authenticate all real humans. So why is he dressing up in a red samurai outfit and posing as the devil's champion? The Tesla founder recently had an Halloween outfit with an inverted cross and a goat's head breastplate, which seems to have inflamed conspiracy theorists and Christian conservatives who think that his $44 billion acquisition of Twitter is part of a global battle against evil. Brett, what gives? <laughs> I mean, what is with this guy? Yeah, well, it would be kind of okay and maybe a little bit funny if it wasn't so serious. Um, this well, guy exactly. is, well, he's, he's he's the richest man in the world um, somehow. Uh, and he has, as pretty much everybody knows, recently purchased Twitter. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of confusion and there's a lot of unknown right now and that's causing quite a lot of stress in many different camps including in the camp which I come from which is the human rights and activist camp where you know lots of people are using Twitter and have used Twitter as the mainstay of their communication with their communities and with the rest of the world and here we are with this like you know um, goat-headed breast-plated samurai <laughs> going to a Halloween party we should add but you know still yeah. what is he projecting there he's kind of projecting yeah. himself as the hero of the western world and yet he sort of um laid off half of his staff on Friday uh, yeah. and now he wants to get him back well yeah well let's talk about that I mean because that that's a good sort of starting point and I think gives you an indication of where his head is at with Twitter that he is prepared to and has fired half the workforce and it's not just it's it's also kind of which half of the workforce that he's fired as well like we know that he fired the general counsel um you know straight up um and has guarded much of the trust and safety team and has basically fired all of the human rights team and so you know it raises a whole range of questions of course about you know employment practices and like can somebody just you know get rid of a staff, a staff member like that, a three and a half thousand of them across multiple different countries and jurisdictions. Um, but it also raises a deeper question for us who are monitoring Twitter and the the kind of, you know, how important it is and what its future is. And to to realize that, you know, this is this seems to be a plaything, you know, of a billionaire. And instead mm. he needs to understand the significance of how it's this is this is like for people who don't use Twitter just to understand where the role it plays. It's like it's like where global public policy um, is formed, you know. It's how leaders communicate with each other. It's how activists tweet about human rights uh, abuses. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a real-time communication tool that enables, um, you know, the sort of, the, it's sort of, it's, it's the piece of infrastructure that, it, the kind of enables the contemporary digital world to run and and it has been and it's not perfect it's definitely not perfect there's a stack of problems with it you know including hate speech and so on we can talk about that but it has actually been of all the platforms it has been managed in a much more sober and I think comprehensive manner than many of the other platforms like Facebook for instance. 
So just take us back a bit to, you know, the early days of Twitter, because, of course, someone like Donald Trump used Twitter to his advantage all throughout his election campaign. And then when it kind of uh, questioned the validity of some of his actual statements, um, he kind of pulled out of Twitter and started up his own uh, social media platform. Where mm. is it at now and, and how, well, actually, how important yeah. is it as a, as a campaigning tool? I mean, you know, we didn't actually talk about, I didn't mention in that long list of reasons why it's important, um, you know, the sort of role it plays in elections. And, and um, you know, obviously there's the Donald Trump piece and we can talk about that. But, like, if we think about, like, all of the candidates, all of the people who are running for office, you know, are tweeting out their positions, their their perspectives, they're entering into the news cycle. All of this stuff is now becoming really important part of democracy. Of course, it's abused. Of course, it's it's you know you have people like Donald Trump. And incidentally, Donald Trump didn't leave. He was actually forced off the platform. He was told that uh, he'd breached community standards, and he was he was um, essentially effect essentially and effectively suspended until until such time as perhaps. You know, Elon Musk comes comes back in and reverses that decision. I mean, you know, Elon Musk has really um, kind of championed himself as this like freedom of speech loving warrior slash samurai. And you know, it's a it's a, it's a it's it, it, the freedom of speech doesn't work like that today. Like it doesn't just work like you just leave it open to like the world to make decisions based on you know, whatever comes through the megaphone. It, it's not like that. I mean, there needs to be, and there has been in all of these platforms, but particularly in Twitter, people who are looking at community standards, looking at incitement to violence, looking at even to incitement to genocide, looking at the consequences of speech. Donald Trump um, was kicked off um, just after the January 6th um, riots. And uh, he 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 sh he should have been kicked off according to the standards. It all, but it also raises questions, which is another thing that people are concerned about. Is like these sort of double and triple standards. Is you know whether you're in the U.S. or whether you're in an English speaking country or whether you're in a you know Arabic speaking country or whatever it might be. I'm like you know who gets to have access to the decision makers within Twitter, and and that's why you don't just need one you know, erratic man at the top, what you need is proper practice, proper jurisprudence, proper decision making, uh, you know, sort of precedent and decision making so that you can actually inform somebody as to whether they've breached those standards, why they've breached those standards, give somebody an appeal process, etc. So we're having to deal with this, like, you know, fire hose of information in the digital age. Um, and, and there are evolving proper I think processes to deal with that. Although many conservatives and many progressives, they'll tell you that you know progressives are being chucked off, and the conservatives will tell you conservatives are being chucked off. Twitter has been a pretty fair platform, and I've I have tracked it pretty close, very closely over the last decade. So, does it have uh, moderators uh, of the content in place at the moment, it, or have they all been sacked? No, well. According to to Musk, he's been saying that you know all content moderation and practices and processes will remain in place. He's kind of talked about this council that he's going to set up. Um, you know who's going to be on it? Um, on what basis are they going to make decisions? 
um, how they're going to notify their decisions. Like all of this is still up in the air. And that's why people are really scared. You know, there are lots of people who really, you know, in my world, again, it's in the human rights and activist world, lots of people who rely upon Twitter, who have got 20, 30,000 um, followers who are like revealing, um, you know, I mean, we've talked about Israel, Palestine before, you know, activists in Palestine who are, you know, re revealing human rights abuses and on the Israeli side as well, no doubt. Um, you know, in Ethiopia right now, you know, there's people out there who are communicating to the world about what's happening um, through Twitter. So the, all this stuff becomes extremely important. Um, and and when it's up in the air, when you're kind of like your, your, your platform is up in the air like this, it's causing a lot of stress and anxiety. Mm. Musk calls himself a free speech absolutist. Uh, mm -hmm. who's out to rescue the de facto town square, i.e. Twitter, which he seems to think is in peril. Do you think that's kind of a bit simplistic? I do. I mean, there's a question about whether Twitter is the town square, I, I and, it, and it has been to an extent. I mean, one thing that we that this whole situation has really demonstrated, and I think that, um, you know, many of us already knew is that speech has been privatized you know the platform has been the town square has been privatized it's not owned by the community it's owned now by a 44 billion dollar um you know individual um and so who's losing so, millions every day is, at the moment losing millions every day the, the twitter has rarely been profitable uh, only the last couple of years has it started to be profitable. And so, you know, what we've got here is that the public town square, if you can call it that, is being kind of shaped and determined by the market. So, you know, he's losing all that money. So he gets rid of all of these staff. Um, he's turning it into a profitable, trying to turn it into a profitable business. But it's much more than a profitable business. And I think when he's there to kind of rescue it, like rescue it for whom and according to what? Yeah. I mean, does he have much experience in this space? He was the founder of Tesla. Um, I don't know how else he got his uh, billions, but does he have much, much experience in this kind of uh, in the online social media world? Yeah, well, this is the thing. You know, people like Vijaya, who was the general counsel of of Twitter, you know, is deeply experienced in in in, and the whole trust and safety team and the human rights team. Um, have like deeply experienced individuals who've got decades of knowledge and understanding of human rights law, of what is what is freedom of speech, what are the limitations on speech, what is it, what is freedom of opinion, what is freedom of expression, you know, how can it be regulated? What is how does that speech relate to different countries, different jurisdictions? What does it mean in international human rights law? Like all of these things are in place. So like to just jump in with this water cash. Um, with with very little experience, as you indicate, like he's obviously a great businessman, but is he talented or skilled enough to be able to manage that public town square? And there's just so many, um, you know, like ramifications of this. For example, you know, as you say, like he's a businessman. Um, he's his own um, Tesla, he's own SpaceX, etc. But but if he also owns Twitter. So what does that mean if he's trying to expand his Tesla cars into the Chinese or Russian market? Like, what does that mean in terms of Twitter um, when, you know, Putin calls and says, like, you know, you want your cars in here, well, then you've got to open up, you know, the the platform to all of these, you know, Russian bots that were, you know, spewing hate or 
trying to influence the midterm elections in the US. Like all of this stuff is very real, super real. And much of it happens on Twitter. And I know that people who are outside of the realm of Twitter don't necessarily understand or get it. And people who have been on it, you know, some people have kind of thrown their hands up in the air. But it is extremely important. I can't emphasize how significant this thing is, this platform is is and has been to everything from elections to the future of Middle East peace uh, to, you know, the way in which, you know, Lady Gaga talks to her fans. I mean, you know, it's it's across the spectrum. It's a communication tool and, you know, nothing more or less. It's a communication tool that enables us to, you know, communicate and to understand each other and to know what's going on in real time. Um, otherwise, we're going to be waiting for, you know, the New York Times to decide, you know, in headquarters whether this thing should, should or should not be published. We need this. It's it, it, The whole idea about to tweet is the sort of is this sort of expression. It's, it's this voice that comes out of individuals and so that they can build a following and explain to people how, how things are. And you can contest it, of course, as well. Um, I'm really concerned when decisions will be made on like access to the Chinese market for Tesla as opposed to the relevance and the importance of speech of, you know, tens of millions of people, mm. if not and hundreds of millions. How many people actually use Twitter? Do you know? I'm not exactly sure, but it's quite a few hundred million. And it's, uh, as I yeah. say, it's not just uh, it's not just how many, it's who. Yeah. And you up know, until this yeah. point, it's been a free platform. So people have been able to access it and, as you say, express their opinions under whatever um, kind of handle they want, really, and and this is part mm -hmm. of the whole um, uh, authenticated voice that uh, Elon Musk is trying to achieve here. He wants to get this blue verified tick uh, and yeah. charge people. What is it, eight bucks a week or something for yeah for that validity? Um, how does that actually work? Is that just more money in his leaky pockets or, mm -hmm. or, or will it actually bring out some of these trolls from behind well, their hashtags? Yeah, good question. Or their Mel. handles, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think that um, the, blue, the blue tick has been used by Twitter for a long time to show verified accounts. So, you know, you go through a process to have your account verified um, which is, you know, very kind of transparent and and available and so on, but it wasn't costed. So basically now they're saying that eight times 12 is, what is that? Like 900 bucks, 100 US bucks a year. Um, for some people whose, you know, salaries are 100 bucks a month, um, you know, you know to, to get them to like essentially purchase their validity. And it's never been about money. It's been about you know, having third-party verifiers and endorsers being able to demonstrate that you're a trusted voice. Um, you know, I myself, I have a, I, I have a, a blue tick next to my name, um, and it's important for people who receive my tweets um, to know that I am a valid voice that actually says who I, you know, who I, I am, who I am, and that you know that I can be trusted. You know, when you go and purchase, I mean, it's just it's it's just insane. It's nothing more that can be nothing more than a money making exercise. Um, it just shows how business minded he is and doesn't recognize that we're no longer talking about cars. You know, we're mm. actually talking about content. Yeah, and we're talking about and we're talking about voice and we're talking about expression. And these are the essential <clears throat> excuse me hallmarks of humanity. He, and, the essential, and the essential hallmarks of democracy. 
Yeah, he tweeted yesterday, going forward, any Twitter handles engaging in impersonation without clearly specifying, in inverted uh, commas, parody, will be permanently, will be permanently suspended. Eliminated. Yeah. Permanently suspended. Even permanently <laughs> suspended is a weird concept. You're either like suspended or you're, which is not permanent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like evicted, ex- ex- exiled, eliminated, you know, thrown off. Um, but what does that even mean now? Like, what is what you need to I don't say, know. How um, do you know? You that, like, say, I'm a parody of myself. This is parody. Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like, hi. Design. But, you know, but like this idea about parody, you know, like if I say, oh, what I said was parody, therefore I'll stay on the, it, it, again, it's just inanity. And it's really, really, you know, so we started off like if it wasn't so serious, it would be funny, mm. but it's not, mm. you know. And if, mm. if for example, you know, Donald Trump does get brought back onto Twitter platform with um, however many followers he had. And incidentally, there's about um, 450 million people who use Twitter, active users on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, it's a, you know, it's it's a significant part of the world's population. Um, but, you know, like what is this? What does this mean for the US elections? You know, well, like, this is the big question. Like, if Donald Trump does come back onto Twitter, how much more power will he have? How will this all end? Can you see how it's going to roll out? Well, well, like you know, the thing is that there's there's a certain sets of principles around which have been developed over the years around speech and expression online, and um, you know, the, the, it's not just what you say; it's who is saying it and how big your audience is. So if somebody says, like, go and attack the Capitol and you don't have anybody on the, Mm, you know, listening and you're not Donald Trump, then that's one thing. But when you've got someone with, like, the most powerful person in the world with, you know, a following of however many, I think it was close, I think it was around 100 million followers on Twitter, um, and saying that, that then becomes incitement to violence, right? And then when you have incitement to violence, repeated incitement to violence, um, so, you know, but then what happens to Bolsonaro and what happens to, you know, other world leaders um, who, you know, who aren't tracked as, as closely? I, I think that, you know, I think that, as I say, like Twitter was not perfect by any means. It really wasn't. But where we're headed right now in terms of people like Donald Trump and other world leaders who have this incredible megaphone, massive following, significant sway, you know, this then becomes, and, and then, a, a you know, a buddy at the top, um, you know, we saw what, I mean, Musk, you know, he's in contact with Putin. Um, he's in contact um, with other world leaders. And I just think that we, we need transparency and accountability around this public town square. And we need, um, you know, we need companies who, technology, tech companies to recognise that there are very significant human rights implications of their platforms, and that's not going away. Okay, well, let's watch this space. It seems to be moving very quickly, and uh, we'll catch it up is. again next week. Hey, you'll you'll be flying around the world. We'll uh, try and find you in cyberspace somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you will, and I'll definitely be there. And thanks a lot for having me this week. Now, thank you so much. See you, Brett. See ya. <laughs>